Hi, welcome back to Life in All Chapters. My name is Amanda Henson. And I'm Brandy Tabor. Uh, today we're talking about lessons from a pandemic. Which I believe that we can speak on because we've lived through a pandemic. We have. We've lived through everything. Like, we've yeah. had a lot of stuff. Like wars and pandemics and the internet. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest pandemic of them all. Yeah. Well, that wasn't a thing when we were when we were born. No, do you remember your first home computer? I do, I do. It was a Mac of all things, and it was huge. Yeah, it's like an all in one. Was it when you were in New York? Yes, it yeah. was gigantic. <laughs> That's awesome. Mom got one. So TJ and I, when we dated in high school, his grandma got one, and I thought it was the coolest thing. Then Mom ended up getting one for the house, and they were huge. And the dial-up internet. Yes. It was horrible. Matter of fact, I kind of stepped back in time when we moved out here because this modem here makes that noise. Does it? That's hilarious. It's basically the modern version of dial-up internet because it it goes off the Wi-Fi or the the cell phone towers. Yeah. (laughs) And then back in the day, somebody would always call you when you were on the internet and it would kick you off the internet. (laughs) Yeah. And then we got call waiting and caller ID. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was nice knowing who was calling you. Yeah. You could ignore it. And then, um, but it's funny. We're totally off topic already. I know. But. Surprise, surprise. I think these are lessons of a pandemic, though. You start to realize everything that you've been through in life. That, That pivotal moment shifted a lot of people's minds to start self-reflecting. Oh, absolutely. You know, because I never thought about this stuff before. I never thought about all the things that we've lived through. I really never even thought about how old I was. You know, it time yeah. just passed and I just kept living and enjoying life. And It does pass, but I mean, if you think about it, and that's part of the reason that our podcast is named what it is, is because I feel like I li- I've lived my life in all these different chapters Mm-hmm. Because I've almost lived so many different lives. Right. So I have, you know me, I have this list on my phone of book ideas and all. Yeah. And one of my book ideas is talking about the different me that has lived throughout my life. Yeah. How I've changed, who I was 20 years ago. And I kind of wrote a blog on it, which I did not publish, which I might publish now that I'm bringing it up. So be on the lookout for that. But it's called I've Died a Thousand Times. Yeah. I like because it. Because you just keep reinventing yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. And just, I just feel like, you know, we we go through, I guess, phases maybe. And mm-hmm. where this is really important to me and this is what I spend a lot of time on. And, and what things play out in their own way, whether mm-hmm. you got tired of them or they got tired of you. And you move on to something different and you learn new things and you discover and we, we're forever evolving and changing. Right. And I think it's subtle most of the time. It is. Until you have a catastrophic or super amazing event happen and then it's almost like a pivot and there's a huge shift. But most of the time it's just a, you know, a little bit of a drift yeah. of a change in your values and beliefs. But then, bam, like pandemic hits And your entire value and belief system shifts. It may not change completely, but there has been a huge shift, especially in people's values. There has been, but like you said, you don't. It's not immediately apparent all the time. Sometimes it's one little thing. You know, everybody. Everybody has their own way of. Like moving through life, Mm -hmm. but usually your transition is pretty smooth. Like it may be. You can go from something, like even, I'm going to use like a drug addict as an example. Because that's somebody that you see their transition usually very quickly. Right. Like a lot of us go through the same style of transitions, but it's just, it's pretty quick for someone that's that's coming off of drugs. You know, they, they go from 100 mile an hour in this direction to sometimes. Almost like hitting a brick wall. Yes. And then off a different way. Mm-hmm. And. It's kind of cool to see that. It's kind of cool to see that sped up. 
Yeah. Because it's a lot faster than other things. Yeah. I guess that's what they mean by when they say you've hit rock bottom. Yeah. Is that you've hit that bottom. You can't keep going that direction anymore. So you get up, pick yourself up, and walk away from where the bottom's at. Yeah. Because you can only just... That's all you can do. Walk around in circles down there. Yeah. But it's cool to see that transition. But I think that I've learned a lot during this pandemic. I think... uh, my focus has changed a little bit. I work a lot and I'm going to continue to work a lot because I value things like eating and paying the electric bill, but, but I'm not going to continue to focus all my energy on someone else's endeavor. Mm -hmm. And you're no longer settling for jobs that just pay your bills. Yes. I want to do something that, that, that goes with my work life balance. Like we were talking about with the last one, but Mm -hmm. It's important to me, and I've, I've learned to value that more. I have had a huge shift in values, and I would say that I've, had, I've learned several lessons, and some of, it's, some of the lessons I've learned are more on self-reflection than they actually are the events of the last two years. Um, for instance, my definition of success has significantly changed. I no longer view success as... Um, to be successful in my mind, I needed to be very, very active in my career. I needed to be the best that I could be and needed to make the most that I could in that spot. All the while, I was also not failing at being a wife and a dog mom and a stepmom and an aunt, a sister. That was my idea of success was perfection. And I almost killed myself getting there several times in my life. There was a pivotal moment when we lived in Florida that that caused a shift in my mentality with it, but it never completely shifted me away from that. But I think the pandemic, the first six months, I was crazy. I was trying to figure out how to protect patients, how to protect my staff, how to protect my family, not just from the pandemic, but how do I protect those people from me if I get sick? How do I protect them from each other if they get sick? And I was crazy reading. I was losing sleep. I I was manic trying to figure out what to do. I was rewriting policies and procedures every three or four days as new information came out. It was overwhelming. It was a nightmare. And I crashed. And I realized that these people that are telling me what to do really don't know what to do. Not any more than you did. It's a bunch of smart people doing the best they can. I'm not criticizing anyone. Right. But they're just like you and me. Yeah. And if you really look at the people that we have serving our communities, whether it's at the federal level, the state, local, whatever it is, or just volunteers, we are a mixture of certain people. Not everybody in the White House has an IQ higher than yours or mine. You know, not everybody running companies has this gigantic IQ. If you sit down with somebody across the table from them and you have a conversation with them, you will realize that they are just as beautiful and damaged as we are. Absolutely. They are human beings. Now, you could ask some people, they might be aliens. I don't know. (laughs) But... They're just like us. They don't know where they come from. They don't know why we're here. We're all little flecks floating on a big rock in infinite space and time. And we have no clue. No, and that's, I think, a big thing that a lot of people did forget during the Mm -hmm. pandemic. I think people forgot that we're all human. Right. It's easy to point fingers and blame, blame, blame. Mm I'm sure there were a lot of bad decisions made. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure there were a lot of good decisions made. And anybody I, I that did, had to... I made, I made several bad choices and... But I feel like everybody was just trying to do something to stop the spread of a disease that was killing people. And we knew nothing about it. Yeah. yeah. And you just... And you don't know. I and think... you don't know the severity. And there's just so much that's not known about it. Even now... Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's easy to blame people. It's much easier to blame people than it is to fix it yourself. Well, I'm about six months into 2020, I I hit rock bottom, (laughs) you know, for my mentality. I was drained and done. 
And then after a few days of rest and regrouping, it made me realize that I am really just a human being trying to do the best I can. And no possible human being could read all the data as it was coming out and keep up with it. Nobody could get the um, get all the information and keep up to date with all the changes as rapidly as they were coming. But that's what I was trying to do. Yeah. And then as soon as I realized, like, Brandy, you're human. Calm down. You don't have to have all the answers right now. Just do the best you can. And don't make yourself feel so accountable that you're responsible for all of these people on your own. You know? So once I realized that, then I started looking at the leaders. I'm not going to name names because I don't want to go into the whole political thing. But you no. start looking at leaders and the judgment behind those leaders. And even currently, the judgment behind our, our current leaders. And I think, these people are just humans. And they're stuck in a system and they're fighting a system just the same way as we're watching the systems that we really want to work and value. We're watching them fall apart, yeah. you know, or break down or we're watching the weak areas in them. But it's a cycle. It and, is a cycle. And, and things and will be back up just like things always do. It's going to cycle through. And everybody really does have an agenda. You know, people say that, well, they have an mm -hmm. agenda. We all have an agenda. Now, just because I have an agenda doesn't mean it's like some vile plot against mankind. It means that these things are what's important to me. Mm -hmm. And I push through my life to make these things better and to show you they're great. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean your stuff sucks. That doesn't mean that, you know, I, I, I might change my agenda. My agenda might shift. We all have an agenda. Usually, especially our leaders, will have a certain agenda. It doesn't mean that they're out to get you. Right. It means they're out to improve whatever cause that they're behind. The reason they became leaders is because they're passionate about their values and they convict themselves to them. Yes. We may not like them. Right. We may think that their agenda is bad. Chances are the majority liked them because they're where they're at. Yes. And their agenda might suck. Or just like mine might suck to a lot of other people. But I don't think that most of the time people aren't out to hurt people. There are people. Oh, yeah. But even, you and know. there's extremism. Exactly. And even, I'm not going to go into detail on which sides I'm for and against, but I will tell you that there were people that were doing things that I feel were harmful. But I don't necessarily feel it was intentional. I just feel like they were wrong and... Mm. And I think there were some people that did use the situation to their benefit, to to focus on their agenda. To, but that is their job, to take opportunity to get their values, their beliefs of not just them, but their voters. Their constituents. And, their, yeah. yeah. There's a reason they're there. And just because I voted differently or maybe I voted the same doesn't mean that what they're doing isn't their job. And they're trying to take opportunity to get their values, their points, what their voters want into legislation. And yeah, I, I hate that it had to be such an extreme opportunity, but if it happened, it happened. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. Now I will say this. I think there's a lot of extremism that we see in social media yeah. It's kind of like the the attitude that the way Americans live and in, you know, like other countries, we see the bad in our media because our media is so controlled. But when you actually get down to the nitty gritty, if you go over the border into Mexico, it's nowhere like, it's nothing like what media and Hollywood portray it to be. Most people are just living like you and I do regardless of the country they live in. Now, that's not true everywhere. There's no. a lot of war. There's a lot of poverty. I'm speaking in general terms. The nurses in Europe, in Spain, live similar to what we live. They Now, I'm a little extreme when it comes to American demands on the people and how we work, because if you go to somewhere like Spain, 
they go to work at like 9 a.m. and they're off by 2 and they have lunch with their families and they have, you know, yeah. um, Japan, I think, has nap time. You know, that would which, be nice. Which I think is because they want them to work longer hours, but that's a whole other story. I don't know for sure. Anyway, my point is that we're all pretty much the same. And yeah. we have these extreme opinions and views and we have these extreme situations and that is what is highlighted. If I make you mad and I really upset you, you're going to tell nine people. Yeah. If I make you happy and I do a good job, you're going to tell one or two. That is yeah. the same thing with media, the same thing with social media. You're going to see little bits and pieces of good things, but the negative stuff is going to be impacted. And that's because that's in our nature. We it is. cavemen walk out their front door. They don't stretch and yawn and sip a little coffee and go, ooh, what a beautiful day. Look at that saber-toothed tiger. No, they walk out thinking, okay, where's the rattlesnake? What's going to kill me today? It is in your DNA to notice the negative. Yeah. So you have to work really hard to highlight the positive. Yeah. And that is my, one of my biggest lessons from the pandemic is learning to make that shift to, one, success does not mean that I have to be perfect. Success means that I'm happy. That's what success means to me now, yeah. that I'm happy. And two, I do not have to be negative but I have to work hard at not being negative and I have to sift through that negative stuff because that first six months, I'm telling you, I was consumed by it. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, we all were, we didn't yeah. know what to do and it was very, very difficult. I think I personally am very fortunate. I didn't lose a lot of people to the pandemic. Not like other people did. But in, through death. Yes, through death. But I will say that it does point out that you don't know what's going to happen. That you are not immortal? No. I mean, surprise, surprise, you know, working in hospice oh, for all those years. Death was right in your face. Yeah, but and it wasn't just it wasn't just the pandemic. It is working in hospice and working mm -hmm. in healthcare and but also going through this pandemic because we lost a lot of people that were unexpected mm -hmm. you know you you thought this person was healthy and then they just get this this illness and then they're gone mm -hmm. and it didn't necessarily touch me on a personal level but it did make me remember that I have a purpose here in life my purpose is to leave this this world better than when I got here which I do I I you know and I don't mean that in a narcissistic way I just mean I do a lot of community service I do a lot of volunteer work because I feel like it's our duty as human beings. I literally, yes, mm -hmm. I literally owe it to this world, to my fellow human beings, to leave this world better than when I got here. I just feel like that's my literal calling. But I do think that the pandemic woke that up in me, but it also woke it up in me to tell you, not you specifically, but everyone, like, stop whining. Stop complaining. Everybody wants to complain and whine about things, but they don't want to actually do anything to fix it. You right. don't like the judicial system. You think that criminals are running rampant. Do something about it. You do, most of you do nothing. Well, and this is why I think that there's a lot of talk about things and very little action because I think... Yeah. There's very little action because sometimes the system isn't as broken as you think. You're only seeing the negative stuff. Exactly. And then when people start digging deeper, <coughs> excuse me, when people start digging deeper, then they start to realize that it's broken beautifully. It you is. Know? And the other and thing is it's not always the system that's broken. Sometimes it's us as people because we don't want to get involved. We don't want to get up and say or do anything. We want to watch out the window while the neighbor's house gets robbed and do nothing about it. Be like, well, I saw that guy over there. And he, we knew he was bad news. He's been picked up three times, but they don't ever do anything with him. But yet you just watched him rob your neighbor's house. Because you're too self-centered to care about anything except for something that you get to complain about later because right. somebody didn't do something. You have the energy to bitch and moan, but you yes. don't have the energy or the know-how to fix it. 
The other thing, though, is that I think that people just really don't care. They just want to bitch. No, they, they don't care. And they want I it think, to be their and, responsibility. Yeah. They aren't doing anything. They're they? not. That's my point. My point is, who is they? It's all of us. It's my job to look out for my fellow humans. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I don't care if I'm nosy or not. If I see somebody robbing the neighbor's house, I'm probably going to walk out there and be like, hey, how's it going? What's your name? Bob didn't tell me you were coming over this weekend. You know, Bob's your neighbor's name. Call the cops. Confront them. I'm not saying, like, stop an armed robber, but we don't do anything. I think the other thing, too, though, and we don't, but are we really are we really so naive to think that we are going to create something that's perfect and works for everyone? We are that naive. We really because do think that. As long as you have humans and humans are involved, and that includes technology because we create it, so yep. therefore technology and the use of technology still includes human error, you're never going to have anything perfect because we are imperfect. Yeah. We are not meant to be perfect. And while I think we should continue to strive to fix things, the only way to do that is through love and through helping yes. each other. And you don't have to go hug your neighbor. It's, I mean, COVID people don't go hugging random no. people, but you don't have to go hug your neighbor and tell them you love them to be a good human being and work towards a better system. No, exactly. And you don't even have to like your neighbor. I I want everyone to live a good life. Whether it's your neighbor or whoever, you, we should want that for each other. You know, I just feel like we don't want to get involved. We don't want to... And that's okay. You, I, I don't want to get involved either. I do not want to be best friends forever with my neighbors, okay? And then every time I, you're out in the yard, they're over there talking. To, no. Live your life, I'll live my life. But we should also look out for each other. You know, you don't have to be friends with them. You don't have to be... But there's... There's a way to make it better. Because it doesn't have... You don't have to solve a big crime. You don't have to solve big problems of the world. You could just solve a tiny little problem for the day. You could just smile at someone and make their day. Mm -hmm. There are things you can do for community service that... That will make this world better than when you got here. And there are things out there that, that are worth making movements about. There absolutely are. And, but I think that going into those movements and trying to make something that's right for everybody, this is the thing that comes to mind. I, I, I think TikTok thinks that I am a liberal, a bisexual, rich person that works hard. Because of the types of videos I get. <laughs> I am very few of those things. Um, I'm heterosexual. I am married. I am not rich. And liberal is not a word I would use to describe me at all. No. Um, I'm not conservative. I'm fluid. But not in my sexuality. <laughs> and Which I have no problem with people that are fluid in their sexuality. No. Because Live your humans, every aspect of us is on a spectrum. Yeah. And it's fluid. And it's meant to shift and slide. It's when it gets stuck that you start seeing hiccups and problems in, and malfunctions. So as long as you remain fluid and accepting and loving and... Also, acknowledging the negative aspect of human nature and accepting that you are angry and that you're frustrated and really experience what you are as a human, you're doing it right. I totally lost where I was going with this. We're talking about what we learned in our pandemic. And oh, well, that, that's a good that was, lesson. That's a good lesson. I'm fluid in many things in my life. And I think that that's how humans are meant to be. So you're not going to make something perfect for everyone. Like, you can't funnel it in. You just can't funnel it in. You have to love and accept. Doesn't mean you have to agree. Well, and the thing is, it already is perfect in the way that there are so many of us that are different. Mm -hmm. And there are going to be instances that are great for you and instances are, that are great for someone else. It's not going to be great for everyone all the time. I think that we're doing as well as we can as far as like overall systems 
But we are all different. And we shouldn't be trying to fix each other all the time or change each other. We should just be accepting of who we are. Right. And quit trying to wedge between people. You don't have to wedge by because of races. And the, no. The whole all, all white people are racist or the whole... All black people hate white people. I am so sick of racism. I can't even stand it. First off, I know how to season my food, but you're not going (laughs) to like it. It doesn't matter. I don't care what race you are. You're not going to like the way I season my food. And you're not going to like how I talk all the time. You're going to get the wrong impression from me the minute my mouth opens because, one, I have a speech impediment that I do work very hard to hide, and two... I come from southeast Missouri, and I have a little bit of a twang, in case anybody, y'all haven't noticed, and you're not going to like how what I have to say all the time, and I have friends that are the same, and I will disagree with them. You and I disagree. Absolutely. But we still love and respect each other, and we accept, that's, it's kind of unconditional love. I accept you for who you are, even exactly. though I disagree with you. You are who you are and to me. And we should celebrate our differences. Exactly. Our differences. Our colors are different. And it's freaking and I'm not awesome. Talking about, I'm talking about the rainbow. Our spectrum of colors. Could you imagine if we only had one, if everything was green? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad that everything's that different. I'm glad that people like different foods. I'm glad that people like different music. Me too. I, I think that variety and adversity are beautiful aspects of this experience on earth it is and i'm just sick of racism i'm so sick of racism oh i I am too and some of the videos i get you know because i am i'm really trying hard to learn like to to dive into social media because it's it's, for the next 10 years this is going to be how people make money and this is going to be how people communicate and how you pull in vendors to your businesses. Yeah. So I've got to hone how I use it. So I'm really working hard, but I'm finding it very frustrating the amount of negativity. But I'm also, at the same time, very um, elated by the amount of support that especially women are showing each other on social media. I am really into that. And actually, I really like learning about other cultures and races. Uh-huh. Different countries. There different are cities. things that I don't know. It's not because I think I'm in some way superior because I'm absolutely not. You know why? Because I know about myself. That's not a freaking crime. It is not a crime for me to know about myself and people around me. That's okay. But I also want to learn about other people and other cultures and other races. And social media is great for that. I mean, there's a lot of BS on there. There's a lot of people being mean. Right. You need to you need to validate what you're learning. But I, you know, I'm, you got to learn that block button. Well, and you're right. And that is one of the things that I think part of this is about is learning that we have to focus more on the good things. And share those good things. Those bad things are always going to be there. But why should we continue to let the way we communicate with people, social media, which is the main way we communicate now, why would we continue to let that negativity offset the positive? It needs to be either equal balances or more positive stuff. And I wonder if there's some sort of uh, like level of endorphins that get released based on the drama that sometimes occurs. Oh, no. They've done and, studies, absolutely. And it, I don't like being upset like that. But I think some people genuinely enjoy whatever endorphins that they get mm-hmm. from trolling the internet or being trolled. Some people will walk right into it and just argue with Love somebody. The drama. And I just can't. Or. To just blurt something out on like, social media and hurt people with I no am, thought for yourself, for, for anyone. I'm going to be honest. I am the worst about checking the comments when I know there's going to be drama. Oh, I read every single now, comment. I will not comment, though. I, I don't know of a time that I have unless it was personal family stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, and even then I, I tread lightly. But am, am I messing with the algorithm 
probably of the system by we're, even reading we're and, feeding the and trolls acting too. like it's a soap opera. <laughs> yeah, we're feeding the trolls too. I just I do think if we focused on more positive speaking of the algorithm social media uses, which I, I would hope everybody knows that that's how your feed is your feed is through algorithms. Yeah, and you're, what you're interacting what you're, with. What you're, depending on your security settings on your phone, if you have your voice availability set, you know, to open for your social media apps, it's listening to you all the time. So from what you say all day long to what you listen to, what your TV's playing, what your music's playing, everything going on around you is being absorbed to give you what your mindset is. Well, that so, makes me happy to hear because I have an overwhelmingly positive Facebook feed overall. I, do, I, I think I do for the most part now. I, for a long while, it was all work-related stuff. Well, and it does. I mean, I'm not saying everything's positive because I'm on like some community sites and there's yeah. a bunch of drama on there because I feel like these people don't realize this is, everyone can see this. Yeah. Like, you are embarrassing yourself. I think I get a lot of videos that are meant to be funny or people think they're funny. Like satire. But then, because I'm a little more connected, I can tell that there's a lot of truth behind it. If that makes sense. No, no, it doesn't make sense because you can read people so well. Yeah, I have to step back and say, okay, wait a minute. This is kind of funny. So, I see why it plays over. But but initial for me is, I kind of have a knee-jerk reaction sometimes with... Certain things. Yeah. Well, and you know what? And when that happens, get rid of it. Yeah. Because it may not, it's not for you. Right. They may think it's funny. Other people might think it's funny. But if it's bothering me, I get rid of it. I honestly think the amount of variety that I see. Um, Facebook, probably not so much. I don't scroll Facebook a whole lot, though. Um, it's mostly family and friends. Well, that's what my, mine's mostly family yeah. and friends, community stuff. TikTok, though. TikTok, I think, really knows how fluid I am because it is all over the place. Yeah, TikTok's all over the place. I will have some conservative stuff, liberal stuff, and maybe it just knows my mood. Well, it does. It's smart. It it knows I'm shifty. Yeah. (laughs) So that does bring me up to a good point that I wanted to make earlier is that one of the lessons I learned through the pandemic. Now, I used to always say that. What I learned when I obtained my master's degree was that I knew nothing. Still true. I I know things, but what I know is how to find information. Yeah. That's what they trained me to do. Where to find the information, and then they imprint guidelines into your head. But what I learned through the pandemic is that even knowing that I knew nothing then, before the pandemic, I really found out how little I knew. I don't know anything. The school system. I, poor Logan. Oh my God, this kid, I love him. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm going to apologize to you and your sister both right here. I used to push about their, I would, I would complain about the grades and it would it would upset me if they didn't have an A. That's that perfectionism mind. Yeah. And it wasn't fair. And I I hope that I didn't hurt them about it. But there was this one time I said something at an inappropriate time, and I beat myself up for it all the time about grades and failing a class. And now I look back and I think, that was so silly. Our education system is a joke. Now, I know I just said most of our systems, it's not failing. It needs to be better, though. You know, and I'm sure in some areas it is failing. I don't think it's failing in our community. It does a decent job, but... We're not teaching our kids basic life skills. They. And where to find information. That is the best thing you can teach a kid is where to find the answer. We're teaching them to fit into a mold. And we should not be doing that. And I hate that I supported a system that put everybody into a box. Well, into to memorize something. You don't right. have to you don't have to memorize things. You have to know where to go to find it. Some things you do have to memorize. Don't get me wrong. I think people should memorize their times tables, for instance. But when it comes to other problems in life, you just need to know where to look. Right. You need to know problem-solving skills. Theory, philosophy, creative arts, music. They're taking these things out of our school systems. And I really believe that that is why 
our kids in general do not have problem solving skills. And when I say problem solving skills, I don't mean like seven times seven, whatever. I mean like, yes, critical thinking. This is what's going on in my life and this is what it needs to be. What do I need to do to get from here to there? They're not able to do that like we were, I guess, maybe taught to do. I don't know if we were taught to do it. I don't know if our parents taught us. I don't know. I don't know how we can. I have pretty good problem solving skills. I don't think that I, I don't think that a lot of my, my problem solving and critical thinking skills came until I was in my thirties other than my career. But when it comes to, it took me a long time to realize that I could break free from that mold in that box they put me in. And I think my twenties I spent trying to break free and I was doing things and I was, I was very good at critical thinking at work. And, yeah. but I think that because that's the way I was molded, that's what you did. But nobody, nobody really taught me how to live a personal life. I almost think you just have to learn that because as you know, I made my twenties as hard as possible. I mean, <laughs> I am telling you what I, not intentionally, but I made all the mistakes, all of them. If there was a mistake, I was You're rolling right around in, in it. <laughs> but I, I mean, I feel like I learned a lot of problem solving skills from just simply being in so many problems. Like I would get myself in these predicaments, but what I will say is that it taught me how to get out of those predicaments, whether it was asking for help whether it was working really hard and doing it myself. It doesn't matter what it was because it's all going to be different for each individual thing. But mm-hmm. but I think you have to learn that on your own. But maybe we could do that with some guidance. And I've tried to do that with like my kids, for instance. I let them make mistakes. Because how do you know how to solve a problem if you don't have any problems to solve? Correct. So... A couple of my kids are real weird about like ordering at a restaurant. So you know what I do? I make them order at the restaurant. If I'm in a hurry, I'm just going to order for them because I ain't got time for that. But I get what you're saying. You know, like try to encourage growth. Yes. And I want them to fall when I'm still there to pick them up. Right. I fell and there wasn't anybody there to pick me up right away. Through no fault of anyone's but my own. But I want them to fall when I can pick them up. You want you want your kids to fall when you can still pick them up. You're right here. Mm-hmm. Which, I'll always be there for my kids no matter what age they are. My parents are always here for me. It doesn't matter what well, age I am. you're immortal, so Well, that's always. true. Yeah. But I just feel like the only thing or that I learned... Immortal. I'm mortal. <laughs> I've said that wrong twice. She's giving away my secrets. <laughs> but <laughs> I am immortal. But that's a different subject. So that was that was touching on leaving the world better. Yeah, I that's like it. The secret to immortality. So that's that's your biggest lesson is that you just leave the world a better place. Absolutely. Is that the pandemic lesson or did you know that before the pandemic? I mean, I think I've always tried to do things, but I realized that the people there are people that probably get forgotten. Oh, for sure. There are people that that have lived, and we will never hear about them. Oh, perfect analogy. Left-handed people. The world is designed for right-handed people. And if you have that world designed for left-handed people, and the left-handed people come out and say, hey, this isn't fair, what's the percentage, what's the statistics on being a left-handed person? I, I mean, probably, I mean, I think of grade school. You had, what, 30 students in your class. Maybe one of them was left-handed. Yeah. So one in 30, possibly, somewhere around in there. Yeah. So that many people are, so you say, like, 2 3% of the world? Sure, I'll go with how that. Do you, how do you set the world up to fit both left and right-handed people? Is it possible? I don't know. I don't think we should stop trying to strive for it, but I don't think we should kill each other for it either. No, we shouldn't. No. So let's just breathe and say, okay, yes, I see your side. But I think the problem is that the right-handed people, and I'm totally using this as an analogy that you can apply to any aspect, the right-handed people, there's a few going, oh my goodness, you're right. You, this the world isn't made for you. I'm sorry you're experiencing that. How can I help? Yeah. But you also have this huge group that is sitting there going, 
There's nothing wrong with the world. That's on, that's on you. That's your experience. There's nothing wrong with the world because they can't relate to it. I'm not saying they're wrong. They're not just not there yet. Yeah. Maybe they never will be there. A few of them will stay. They can't understand that because it's okay for them, it's not okay because for everyone. Because they don't relate the way their brain operates. Yeah. You know, and it could be because of lack of education. It could be because of ignorance. It could be because of religion. It could be because... Multiple reasons. What other reasons could no. there be? You just you well, just don't care. But ignorance isn't a crime. No, it's and not. And we shouldn't condemn people because you don't know about this, that, or the no, other. No, show them. Show them or acknowledge that they don't care to learn and just leave it at that. Yeah, and they can just live their life and you can live their life. And yeah. now the other aspect of that is that smaller percentage that's the left-handed people, there are those. there's a group of them that are like, the world is not really set up for me. I want to do something to set the world up for people like me mm-hmm. and for future generations. And then there's that other small percentage that's like, this world is not set up for me. Burn the whole thing down. Everybody sucks. <laughs> Everybody must die. You all hate me. That's not how it is. Yeah. But I think the majority of people in the world, which I, I don't feel that our media portrays those people as well as they should or as often I agree as they with should, that. but I think the majority of us live in that fluid middle section yes. where we can see those extreme sides and go, okay, y'all chill. And, and let's let's figure out how we all just float back and forth together. Exactly. You know? And I, I wish somebody could see me doing my I wish like they this. could too. <laughs> and I also think that it's possible for one person like me, for instance, to be all of those people in different times of my life. Am I proud of that? Absolutely not. Right. But it's true. I agree with you. And that's hard for people to acknowledge that they have done wrong. And I most definitely have been on one end of the extreme on the other on various topics. And I've hurt some people's feelings. Yes. And if you're listening now and I've hurt your feelings, I apologize that my actions led you to feel hurt. But let's also remember that you're responsible for your feelings. And exactly. that you can't necessarily hold that against me for the rest of my life because I'm not even the same person I was then. I'm no. not the same person I was in high school. I'm not the same person I was two weeks ago. I'm different. And, you know, and the this... thing is, I don't ever do or say anything to hurt anyone. If I have hurt you, I am truly sorry for that. But... I have been malicious in my life. I'm not going to lie. There have been times okay, I'll, where I've Okay, I'll say said... rarely. I've rarely been... <laughs> I rarely, I think... I think hurtful thoughts sometimes. I will say that. And that's that's fairly regular. I've thought mean things. I've thought mean things to say. I've thought mean things to do. And then I attempt to reel that in and be the person I want to be. I don't want to be malicious. I don't want to be mean. And I really only want to hurt a person temporarily because maybe they hurt my feelings. Right. And I think that's it's a defense mechanism for most people. And I think if we could acknowledge that most of us don't mean to hurt the other person, hurt the other person, then we would probably have our feelings hurt a lot less, and we would be able to see both spe- both sides of the situation to come to an agreement or compromise a little bit faster or get to forgiveness faster. Yes. You know, and... I am pretty good at that. I have to, I have to teach a class... Know. Just because I am so good at not taking things personal, I honestly don't even give a shit if it is personal. And I just don't care. I'm like, well, you know, most of the time, it will take you a great deal of effort to truly hurt my feelings because I'm like, whatever, bitch, I don't care. I think there's been maybe two times that you've, you've talked to me about really having your feelings hurt. From someone now, else. Now, if it were you or my husband or... Yeah. There there are people that absolutely can hurt my feelings, don't get me wrong. Carry a little more weight. But there are certain people that their opinion of me carries very, very little weight. See, and it's so funny to me how we're the exact opposite. Because to me, every interaction, everything, even my dogs, I she's seeing those memes where it's like people walking out the door crying because they have to leave their dog. I'm not that extreme. But they will give me those little eyes and I think Oh my goodness, what am I doing to you when I leave? I'll see you in seven years, your time. Yeah. You know, you know what I feel bad. You know what I think it is? 
Sorry for the cough again. <laughs> I think it's because I am not that important. And when I say that, I mean it not in like a self-deprecating wow, way. Wow, that was a smack to my brain. But... And I know I, I sounded like every, a stoner then. No, but everything is not about me. You might have said something or done something, and I could react like it was just about me, like you're a part... Or I can remember that I'm not that important. Now, I might be important to you or to my husband or to my kids, so their opinions of me or a blanket statement they might make could very well hurt my feelings because I do feel like I have importance in their life. But as far as like other people and people on the internet and things like that, I'm not that important for that to be about me. That's intense. Because unless you said, hey, Amanda, blah, 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 whatever it is, I'm assuming you're not talking about me because yeah. why would I carry that much weight in your life? So if you want to offend me, please, by all means, Amanda at lifeinallchapters.com, you're going to have to send me an email because I will not get it. I will not pick it up if you're being subtle because I don't, I'm not that important because quite frankly, most people aren't that important in my life and I don't mean it in a mean way. I don't mean I don't care about them. I want them to have great lives, but you're cutting that energy cord right away because you don't need it. Yeah, and I mean it's just it's it's not something I can't I can't put everybody I can't do it I can't yeah. carry the weight of everything. That is a phenomenal way to say that, and you really did give me a brain smack there because I've been on this spiritual journey, right? We talk about yeah. it on almost every episode, but I've been trying to figure out how to release the ego, and you just showed me how detached from your ego you actually are you know not that completely detached because no i definitely human. think a lot yeah. of me right <laughs> but that is a perfect way that that what you said to me makes me want to change a little bit more when it comes to allowing people to not and not that these people are trying to this is all in my head this yes. is my responsibility Allowing that need to please others or make people proud, that that's your ego. And if you're going to grow and you're going to become more spiritual and enlightened and really see why we're here, hopefully one day, you have to let go of that ego and realize that we're all the exact same and that you don't have to give every single person power in your life. No. They're not paying you rent. Do not let them live there. That's I don't awesome. get to do it. Well, I think we have uh, just a few more minutes to talk a little bit about this. And I would like to close with my biggest lesson, or my last lesson, and maybe a very profound one, is that I didn't know who I was. And that's okay. It's okay to be a different person every day. It's okay to try this and try that. And, you know, if you want to be a rollerblader and you've never done it, go rollerblade. And if you decide on Tuesday rollerblading is not for you, it's okay to switch to the skateboard. You know, it yeah. just... And I don't think I realized how much I loved people either. And being isolated from people, which is like an introvert's biggest fantasy yeah you thought <laughs> you think until you're completely isolated and you have very little social interaction so it made it made me realize that really what i was lacking was balance yeah i like so, it thanks for sharing that with us no thank you i'm i'm gonna have to think about this ego thing a little bit more that's <laughs> i just it never dawned on me that it was an literally why are, why am I so important to other people? You know, not that I thought I was super important to other people, but now that you put it in a different perspective, I'm really not that important. Yeah. In that, and so I mean that in that the best and, way possible. Yeah. Like, like no, I'm killing yeah. myself thinking that I impact all these people. No. And exactly, exactly. And you do impact all these people, but not in the way that you think. I hold back from the podcast even because I'm afraid of how I impact other people. 
Now, and I'm not saying that I'm not going to impact people if I say or do yeah. something wrong. I don't want to pull back too hard because I don't, I, yeah, because I mean, right. obviously you impact other people, but. We don't want to release all of me yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and I mean. I'll still show some restraint. Yeah. Don't, don't let us, don't let us have it all. <laughs> no, but I do, I do hold back a lot because, but that, that was really a huge huge impact on what I'm going to be thinking about the rest of the day. I'm telling you what, I whenever I learned that, I felt like I lost 100 pounds. It was almost instant. It, it is. I mean, it, it's truly that that feeling of, that's oh a lot goodness. less. I'm, re- I'm really, you're right. I, you have no idea. The minute you said it, that's why I goofed out real good, is because it was just like a weight lifted that you're just... No other bee flying around feels like he is responsible for every other bee. He just does his job and helps out and loves. And that's what makes us important. So. Is that we're doing our job. Before we draw for for next week's yes. topic. I think that I would like to say that the best lesson I think that we should take from this is that loving each other. Even if you're just loving humanity. You don't have to love your neighbor and say, I love you. I love you, Bob. You're great. Bob might be an ass. Oh, shout out. I actually have a neighbor named Bob, and he's awesome. Oh, shout out to Bob. Hey, Bob. So, but you have to just do what's right. And when you can't, separate yourself from the situation. So, put more good out into the world. Love more. Accept the differences and adversity that's out there. And... Try to make changes, but make sure you're looking at all of the perspectives before you jump in to do to make those changes or to comment on them. Which I'm just as guilty as the next person. Next person about yeah. stating my opinion inappropriately without any education or knowledge behind it. That is what makes us experts in that field. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that you know I can honestly say that I love most people now. Now, that's good. When I get frustrated, I'm gonna be right back on that. Oh my God, I hate people, type of attitude. But I think I'll be more aware when I do get to that point than I was before this podcast. Well, what a great day! All right, you want to draw? Yeah, let's draw. Dun dun dun. Little one. Oh, great! Another brandy topic. Yep. Old versus young, respecting the age spectrum. Ooh, I love it. I love this one, especially with me turning 40 this year. Oh, my Lord. All right. Well, y'all have a great day. Thanks for listening. And we hope to hear from you about your lessons from the pandemic of 2020.